So what happens when those mountains aren't moved and the water isn't parted and you find yourself in a place where it seems like you wonder if God's even hearing your prayer? We suffer as Christians. We, we struggle at times to, to understand God's will and things. And sometimes we don't even have a clear understanding at the end of it what's really happened. When I was uh, probably mid-20s, going to school here in Winnipeg, I decided to go visit a friend. He was attending Trinity Western University at the time, so I went to BC for Christmas holidays. We went down to California, had a great time down there, Disneyland and everything. Drove back up the coast again, like all this driving. And on the way back, I thought, I thought we're gonna go through the states coming back to Winnipeg. So I went down to Seattle, down the number, I guess, I think it's the 94, I think it crossed to North Dakota. So through Montana, Idaho, Washington, all those states. And I thought, um, you know, I thought it wouldn't be such a bad drive. Because I thought going there was fine. I stayed with some friends. But, but coming back through the uh, kind of a road similar to this, it kind of looked like this through Montana, parts of it. There were points where I thought, I'm never going to get to Winnipeg. This is a long trip. And it, it was like in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I just remember thinking, I got to keep going. I got to keep going because I can't spend three or four nights in hotels. I can't even afford that. And so I just kept driving. And uh, it was tough. There was times, you, you know, you know the moment where you're feeling like you're, you want to just shut your eyes for a few seconds and you know you can't do that? So I was biting that steering wheel, uh, you know, everything to try and stay awake. Uh, but I made it. I mean, here I am. I'm here today. So, but there's a lot of times in our lives, and you know that, where you feel like whatever you've got to get through, it's a long ways to the end of that. And maybe you don't even see Winnipeg from here at all. You, you think, we'll never make it. Um, but God wants us to keep enduring, to keep going. And enduring means to, the word enduring itself really simply means a long period of time with some suffering involved. Long period of time with suffering. And maybe we won't know the answers really till heaven. There's a couple of verses I want to just kind of bring us, I mean, just in, bring us into this uh, to our passage today, but Romans chapter 5, 3 to 4, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Great verses, sometimes hard to live by, right? Really hard to believe sometimes when you're right in the middle of a storm. Another one from Peter himself wrote this. Now he's talking before, he's talking about all the great things we have to look forward to as believers. All the blessings that God is going to give us one day. But then he says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And here he tells us why. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, and you know, I mean, gold is the most valuable thing we have in this world. At least back then it was, right? I mean, maybe now it's Bitcoin. I don't know what's more valuable, but, but, you know, it is that valuable thing that the earth offers. He says, your faith is way more than that. Because gold perishes even though refined by fire. So your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Something is going to happen in the future for the believer who puts their faith in Christ. And God, when he, when he brings things to a conclusion, when Christ shows up, he's going to reward you based on your life for how you've suffered for him, endured for him. Another one. James says to count sufferings and trials as joy. 
Okay, that's a tough one. All joy. Maybe you feel like one of these little passages here. You think, how do I adjust to this disappointment? How am I going to adjust to this? Because I had my plans going, and all of a sudden things changed. Or my life feels like it's collapsing, and I can't stop it. You know, it's like that, that sand house or whatever, that, that sand castle you made, and all of a sudden the water comes in, and it just starts to dissolve, and you can't stop it. Maybe there's fear of the future that consumes you. Because you know in maybe a week or months something's going to happen or something's coming up and you're not quite sure how you're going to handle it. Or I live with a sense of hopelessness. Not quite sure really what to live for. And I find that that's a big one for our teenagers today. But not just for them, for the adults in the world too. You see, Paul understood. Paul is not writing from some ivory tower, some, some seminary somewhere writing a book about how to endure through hard times because that's what we need to do. Paul is writing from his own personal experience. This is one passage about what Paul went through. There's many more. Paul says, we, we patiently endure. There's that idea again, patiently enduring troubles of every kind. And he gives like some examples. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. Okay, those are pretty difficult situations he found himself in. I mean, any one of those would get me pretty, pretty worried. Beaten, in prison. And these were all because of his faith. This is be, not because he was disobeying the law. He wasn't like breaking the law. And, but he was, he was sharing the gospel to a world that hated it. That hated Christians. And so Paul said, this is what I did. So I want to look at today's passage now. A couple of things that can help us. How do we face our troubles? How do we face those things that are really difficult in our lives? It could be a medical thing. It could be a financial thing. It could be relationships. How do we face this? And so Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, this is why, or that is why we never give up. And though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. The first point is this, our focus needs to be on our, the eternal part of us. You see, we are made up of a body which we know is not going to last forever. We realize that. When I was uh, in high school, I played basketball, and I was really excited because um, about grade 10, I could touch the rim in basketball. So you guys, you can probably almost dunk, you know, don't laugh at me, but I'm not a tall guy. But I was able to jump pretty high in high school. I could do triple jump and long jump. And I hurt my ankles a few times. And after that, I couldn't really jump anymore. And then you get in your 20s and 30s and 40s and now I'm in the 50s. And there's, I mean, I still think I could touch the rim, right? But there's no way. And so sometimes I try at high school to go jump and touch and I, I get maybe partway up the net and just embarrassed. So bad. You know, our bodies are hard to king. They're going older. They're getting weaker. And you realize that, right? Our physical bodies are dying, Paul says. Our, but our spirits are being renewed day by day. The spirit that God has put in you, that eternal spirit, when you believe in Christ and are born again, you are given a spirit and it never gets old. It's never going to get old. It's eternal. Look at this passage. and uh, I read part of this last week, but I think it's, I'll read more of it here. Remember your creator when you are young. Yeah, definitely remember when, he's, when you're young. 
Honor him in your youth before you grow old. And you say this, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the moon, or sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes. And rain clouds continually darken your sky. This is a nice song, eh? It's going to be a great song. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants, <laughs> stop grinding. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. The writer is saying, for those who think when they're teenagers or 20s, I'm going to live forever. We all thought that, right? Remember that? We thought, I'll be young forever and strong. We realize it doesn't last. And all of a sudden you find yourself at that point where your body starts to hurt, or something's not working right anymore, or you've injured yourself and it's not healing the way you thought. And you realize, this body isn't forever. But my spirit is. And I know inside of me that, that my relationship with Christ is real and it's strong. It's stronger than it ever has been. And I know the promise of God one day is that I will have an eternal body. Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians 15. The spirit of a person, the inner person, the heart, the soul, the real self. The Bible talks about this in many different words, using different words. That's the eternal part of you that lives forever. For Paul, though trouble and suffering pound his outer self, which won't last, he knows God is working on his inner self, which will. See, Paul could take the persecution, he could take the beatings, and he got beat up a lot. I mean, he was left for dead. He was attacked by, it says, ferocious animals. And, I mean, people were always after him. But he knew what he was living for. And he, he knew what he was looking forward to. And he was concerned that God would renew his spirit day by day. That's what he was concerned about. The second thing. Not only is our focus supposed to be on our eternal self, but also our eternal home. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 4. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Forever. You know, you think about your life. You think about what's really, really, really important to you right now. You think of the things that, you're, that are making you struggle right now, the things that are hard. And then you compare that to eternity. I mean, maybe you have something going on maybe the last couple of years. For me, it's been the, the hardest part of my life in the last 10 years. Now, not because you, you guys have been awesome. What an amazing blessing you've been to me. But 10 years ago was when my marriage broke down. It wasn't what I wanted. And God said, I, Dave, I want you to hang in there. I want you to keep serving me and keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on what's ahead. And I do. I still, I'll tell you, I still love this world. I still love things in this world. I still love my daughters. They play volleyball on Friday. I love being at their game. I love going to watch, a, I know the Bombers play this afternoon. I hope they win. I love those things. But they're so temporary. And if they disappeared tomorrow, I'd be okay. But I look forward to heaven. I look forward to seeing Jesus one day. I really don't care about anything but that. Everything else, is, everything else is kind of like for now. And that's what he wants to be thinking. 
Yeah, you can have some troubles here. You can have some things that are hard. But what's coming? You know, getting through Montana, Idaho, and North Dakota was tough. But I had Winnipeg in mind. <laughs> Not quite heavy, but it's close. The perimeter. Light. He used the word light there. He saw these troubles as weightless. Fluff. I mean, they weren't. They were hard. But he said, compared to eternity, they're fluff. Romans 8, 17, he says, the sufferings of this present time are not worth worthy to be compared with the glory to be revealed to us. We have no idea what God has for us. All I know is that Paul said, Paul had a glimpse of heaven at one point, he had that vision, and he says, I want to go back. I know I got to be here for a while, but I just want to go back. I have no idea. He, he said, I couldn't explain what I saw, but I just want to go back. What is here? Whatever he, he said, whatever I do now in this body, I will do for Christ. He had no earthly affinity anymore except for to save people. Paul isn't denying that life can, be hurt, be, can hurt. He is denying that it carries importance compared to eternity. Again, whatever you're going through, it's, it's real. It's real and it hurts. There's a reason we call it suffering because it hurts. We're not going to deny that. And, and the Lord knew, knows that. He, he felt it too. But he wants us to also realize that behind all that is eternity. It's coming. We have no idea how long, how long God has for each of us. I hope you have a long life. A long life. But we don't know. The third part. Not just focusing on our eternal self, our eternal home, but the eternal stuff. And we talked about that with the kids this morning. Laying up rewards in heaven. God is going to reward us one day. I don't know how he's going to do it, but somehow the way we live this life and how we, we, we love and how we give and how, how we do things for his glory will somehow be paid back. The Bible calls it crowns, rewards in heaven. Jesus said, great is your reward in heaven. I don't know what that means. But we get those by doing things for others where we get nothing in return here in this life. That's how we get rewards. When we pray, when we give, when we tithe, when we do good deeds. Jesus said, if you do it where no one knows, great is your reward in heaven. When you suffer for my sake, great is your reward in heaven. See, it's the things that we don't expect rewards for that we will be rewarded for. God's watching. God is watching. So we, now, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things we cannot see. For the things we now see will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Again, we're going to, 300 years from now, you're going to be in, in eternity. Probably before that. I'm not sure, but at least 300. I'm pretty safe saying 300, right? I think we're okay with that one. We're going to be sitting there in eternity, not concerned about who won the Stanley Cup in 2020. You know, if you're a Jets fan, great. Cheer for them. But it won't matter then. It won't matter. Enjoy it now, but eternity is forever. At the end of Paul's life, he had no earthly wealth. He had no family. And he was alone. Completely alone. We could call him a failure. Here's Paul's Second Timothy. He's probably the last book he wrote. This is what he writes at the very end of Second Timothy. 
It would be sad if it was, if there's nothing beyond, right? This would be sad. The time for my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And this last part is what I want to end with for all of us. This is what maybe we take home today. This would be great if you take this home. And the prize is not just for me, Paul writes, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. God wants us to eagerly watch for him, to eagerly wait for him, to want him so badly. It makes what I have to go through in my life, which is not always easy, and for you, which is not always easy, easier. See, if I only had hope for this life, then I'd be miserable. Because a lot of things have failed. A lot of things I planned didn't come the way I wanted to plan. And God says, hang in there. If you're faithful to me, finish the race, remain faithful, and one day I'll reward you. Just keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep trusting. Keep your eyes on eternity, on the finish line. Because the finish line is the starting line, really, for eternity. Let's pray. And I'll invite the team to sing the last song. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for the words you gave to us through your servant Paul. We thank you, Lord, that even though we go through hard times and suffering, you're with us. You never leave us and you never forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that we have the promise, the hope of eternity. And no matter how things look, there's always a very, very bright tomorrow. So, Lord, as we leave here today, encourage each heart. And whatever difficulties, whatever trials and sufferings that people are going through, even as they hurt and they are real, help us to focus on the fact that we have an eternal self, an eternal home, and that one day you reward us for being faithful. We love you, Lord. Amen.
I wish you a great week. Uh, again, if you want prayer, please, at any time after the service, come up here or again, text if you want to text or phone me. Um, let me close with prayer. Send a prayer blessing in the name of you. Uh, Lord, now as we leave here, we just ask for your blessing on our lives and fill us with your encouragement to endure patiently through very difficult times. And I do pray, Lord, for those here today, maybe who are facing some, uh, some medical issues, some educational or financial issues, uh, relational issues. We want to give these to you, Lord. We want to trust that you're going to Help us through that weary land as we just sang about. You are the rock. You're the one we stand on. And so we want to stand on you, Lord. We place our hope in you. We place our confidence in you. We cast our anxieties upon you. And now we trust you. So Lord, bless each one as we leave here. We pray for a week that, a week that would be very special to all. And whatever that means for their lives. Amen. We're dismissed.